Hey, hey, Karen, how you doing? Good, how are you? Can you hear me all right? Good, good. How's your morning going? Hey, sorry. How you doing? How's your morning going so far? Good, how's yours? Good, good. Excited to have you on. Uh, no, it's going to be a great conversation. I know how hard you work and, you know, the, the will you have to get better. So I'm excited about this. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I uh, really admire and respect what you're doing. And I think you're sending a very positive message. So I'm happy to help. I'm happy to be on and talk to you and, yeah, get to talk to you a little more. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hope hope we can bring you some value here. I know you're going to bring my listeners a lot of value. So um, if we could just start off with a short introduction uh, you know, your name, who you play for, uh, your position, your age, uh, where you're from originally, just uh, something like that. I mean, you're free to say whatever. The stage is yours. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Um, my name is Cordy. I am 24 years old. I currently play for Beat Kazigert, a women's, a Champions League women's team in Kazakhstan. I grew up in... Uh, California and Minnesota, um, but mostly Minnesota. And yep, now I'm in uh, Kazakhstan playing soccer. Did not think that's where my football career would take me, but I have loved every second of it and enjoy growing as a person and as a player. And it's an experience that I will never forget. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. What position do you play? I play holding mid at the moment. So we play a 4-3-3, and we play two holding, and I switch between either the right or left. Nice, nice. So um, how's, the, how's the lifestyle over in Kazakhstan? I'm sure it's, you know, very different from the U.S. If you could just describe uh, some experiences you've had, and uh, I know you have a great um, blog, so if you could just express some of that, that would be great. Yeah, of yeah, course. So... Kazakhstan is a beautiful country, absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, there are some cities that are absolutely beautiful, and there's some cities um, like the one uh, near where we stay that are still growing. And so it's been great to meet a lot of people and, uh, yeah, who are locals who have lived there their whole lives, who have never left Shimkent, Kazakhstan. So it's been a really great cultural experience. Um, it's a huge country, but lots of mountains, lots of nature. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, just, it's hard to explain. It's, it's just, it's, it's different, but I mm. love it. Yeah, yeah. How are the people over there? Oh, they're so kind. Yeah. Um, it's tough to communicate. Almost nobody speaks English. Um, Maybe some of the younger kids who are in school studying, but it's mm -hmm. like maybe 10 words maximum. So you have to get by with uh, whatever <laughs> Russian I know, which isn't very much. Yeah. Um, but they love meeting Americans. Like I said, most, almost everyone in Shimkent has lived in Shimkent their whole lives. Most of them mm -hmm. have never left. Wow. Um, so any type of foreigner, anyone, they... Like, you'll be walking down the streets, and so many will just stop and ask for pictures just because you're from out of the country. Because I'm American. We have girls on our team from Nigeria. They get asked mm -hmm. for pictures all the time. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, 
yeah, it, everyone is really friendly. And to me, that's the most important part of Absolutely. traveling and playing in a different country is the hospitality of the locals. Absolutely. I hear that 100%. And I could say that from my experience, um, you know, when I was, I was playing in Germany for two years and, you know, it was a good place, good structure and a uh, great country. And people were nice, but uh, they weren't the most welcoming, uh, to be honest. And, um, you know, I respect Germans 100%. They have a great work rate and mm-hmm. uh, very efficient people, but uh, they weren't the most welcoming. They didn't really want to speak English, which was fine, so I learned German. Okay. And, um, but they just didn't want to let me in. Uh, that's what it felt. So, like, I was there for two years, never really felt at home. Mm-hmm. But uh, I moved to Sweden about a year and a half ago, and right when I got here, I honestly felt at home within 10 seconds. I don't know why, but I just felt, mm-hmm. you know, felt something in the air. And I could hear you 100%. Like, I, I've traveled a couple places as well. And yeah. uh, for me, it doesn't matter how, what the country has, you know, the structure mm-hmm. um, and, the, you know, everyone, you know, my age and your age and younger, they all want to party and things like that and go to clubs. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care about that anymore. I just care how friendly the people are and if I could build relationships and if, if they're welcoming. And like you said, I judge a country based on how the people are. And if they're welcoming, you recommend people to go to those places. So exactly. Yeah. Even if the weather is really bad here in Sweden at times, I say to people, it doesn't matter. The people are nice. So that's all I care about. Yeah, and that's like the most important thing because we are leaving our home countries to go Absolutely. play and immerse ourselves in, well, especially in Kazakhstan where nobody speaks English. Yeah. And so it would be very easy to feel alone and to feel isolated and to be really homesick. But because everyone is so friendly and so excited to meet you, you just, you don't even have that, that sadness. It's just, I, I never feel alone. So that's yeah. really been great. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great to hear. And um, I'm sure they're, they're very grateful people over there, like they have a lot of gratitude. Yeah, they are, because it is um, a much more humbled lifestyle in some aspects. And they do work very hard to earn their living. And so just little things of just sharing your knowledge and your experiences of the world and your stories. And for me, I just share my pictures. I, I let them, you know, just I don't know, kicking a soccer ball around with them, just letting them yeah. play with my camera, just and anything. It, it just, it's so exciting for them. So and yeah, it's, that's it's great. awesome. Yeah. And that's great to hear that you could, you could communicate uh, through pictures and with the football. And that's why uh, I'm sure we both play this game because we love it so much. And uh, it's just a love that you can share with people without even speaking the language. And, what I hear uh, a lot is, uh, you know, football is the language. Mm-hmm. It's universal. Yeah, and it, it's a religion. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, if, yeah. <laughs> so if we could just uh, maybe touch back to your childhood a bit, you know, when you uh, started playing the game and, uh, you know, your youth teams growing up and uh, how you went through the ranks to sign your first professional contract. Yeah, okay, so, all right, so I started playing when I was five. Um, It was one of those things where your parents just kind of throw you into every sport and see what sticks. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess for me it was soccer, and I just, you know, growing up in California, soccer is huge there. So there's just always teams, you're always playing, 
and then we moved to Minnesota and you know I love Minnesota but um, for soccer it's not as big as in California Mm -hmm. and so it was tough to find a team that I was happy on and I ended up finding my way at Shattuck St. Mary's uh, private school what, in what age did you uh, What age did you move to Minnesota and then go to Shattuck? Ooh, I think I was about 14, and then mm-hmm. I did the public school thing for one year as a freshman. So I think my first year at Shattuck, yeah, was when I was 16, so I was a sophomore. And, yeah, and then I, uh, you know, it's interesting. My first year at Shattuck, I was not crazy about it, but Mm -hmm. I was also young. I was stupid. I was immature. So I just had to grow up a little bit. And then those last two years, still some of the best years of my life. I will never forget it. And then after that, I went to Creighton my freshman year. That was a tough year. Uh, Just wasn't the right balance uh, Mm -hmm. socially and for soccer. Then I transferred, went to Central Michigan. Ended up really enjoying that. Uh, obviously, I wanted to continue my career afterwards, but, um, you know, it's tough because Central Michigan, it was a great program, but it's not like a Chapel Hills, Yale, mm-hmm. um, uh, Duke, just not one of like the top 10 elite schools. So it's tough to find those immediate uh, connections. Mm-hmm. So I um, ended up just, yeah, I went to a Red Star tryout just gave it everything I had. Um, the coach was interested, head coach Rory Dames, but they thought I needed to develop a little more. So I played with the reserves at the beginning. And then halfway through, I was able to get called up. I played with them for the last two months, the first team. Oh, wow, that was just, yeah, such an amazing experience, soccer, unlike anything I've ever experienced. Um, and then after that, I wanted to challenge myself as both a person both a person and an athlete and got connected with an agent who <laughs> connected me with a coach in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was excited about that. I was like, you know what, Kazakhstan, whatever. I'm all for it. Obviously, there were some challenges and some barriers with friends and family who don't know much about that part of the world. So they were very hesitant and mm-hmm. very reluctant about me leaving to the opposite side of the globe, essentially. Yeah. But you know what? Eventually, everyone was on board, and I was like, okay, let's do this. And, yeah, now I'm in Kazakhstan. Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. And, um, you know, friends and family in the beginning, when you make a move overseas, uh, they really don't understand. And, uh, you know, I went through the same thing and a lot of people that I speak to go through the same thing. And I think it's all about taking a risk and like Mm -hmm, you said, uh, growing as a person and as a footballer um, in in the same way. And to be honest, I've been here for about three and a half, four years, and I've learned more out here just living my life and trying to be as independent and free as possible than I did ever in the classroom. Oh, exactly. I support that 100 percent. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm sure you have as well in terms of like you have to build relationships with people in the real world. Uh, You're not going to be you're not um, structured. And uh, you have like for you, I'm sure it's very tough. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. you're you're dealing with it very well that you have to communicate with people in in things other than a spoken language. And Mm -hmm. I think that helps you grow and makes you grow um, in every aspect. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think um, for me, what I've come to discover is most important is applying information quickly. And that translates to absolutely. so many different aspects, oh, whether it's on the field or in real life. Like you can't have somebody holding your hand through life. Absolutely. And, and whether it's like on the field, like I love to attack. I want to get forward. I want to score. But my coach, he wants me back mm. and he wants me to help defend. And, you know, as much as as hungry as I am to get in that box, you know, he wants me back. So I have to just learn and try to be the best holding mid that I can and try to be better than any other team that we will play and grow every day. But it also translates to aspects in the real world. You know, you need to get from point A to point B and like public transportation in a foreign yeah. country is freaking oh, difficult yeah. sometimes, yep. especially... Yep. Yeah, especially when you can't read the alphabet. In Chimkent, there's, like, no English. Like, yeah. It's a completely different alphabet. So yeah. to get from point A to point B, like, you just have to. You have to figure it out. You have to learn. You're going to make mistakes, but just learn from those mistakes. And Absolutely. And yeah, I, I, so. I think that's a much more practical thing than sitting down and taking a history test in, in 11th or 12th grade or something like that. Yeah, and you know what, that is something that I always look back on that kind of frustrates me is how many hours I dedicated to, you know, studying and learning in a classroom environment when I learned so much quicker and faster by being immersed in the moments. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and traveling and meeting people and seeing the history and seeing the people passionate about their history and... um, just really immersing myself in the world around me has taught me so much more than a textbook. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's not to degrade the, the education system at all. But like you said, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. think the best way to learn, whether it's a language or just to grow and, and um, you know, people study sociology in school and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the best way to grow is you take a couple of years and you live abroad. And you live like mm-hmm. a lo- you live like a local. You work. You try to make money. You make friends. You just enjoy your time, and you see. Uh, I'm sure you do it all the time. People watch, and I do it all the time. You people watch. You see people's behaviors, how they react to things, and um, I think I think it's it's the best self development there there is. Like you said, be immersed in a culture that you don't speak the language, and you have to survive. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not like we're out in the, out in, you know, uh, countries that are war struck and, and third world yeah. countries and things like that, where it's much tougher. But, um, this I think is, is very tough for, you know, especially Americans who, a lot of Americans who are, like you said, hand fed and their hands are being held their whole life. It's true. Yeah. I think for me, what, you know, after a lot of self-reflection is for me, when I was younger, despite having great education, I was very fortunate growing up, but I didn't truly understand that there was a world outside of the United States. I, you know, you see these pictures, you read textbooks, you go to school and you learn, but Mm -hmm. you, you just, you're still in this bubble and until you live it, it just, Mm-hmm. It's hard to make that connection that there's a world out there that actually exists. Absolutely, absolutely. And I tell people that all the time, you know, um, people who ask about Americans and American college and things like that. And 
I say a lot of the, you know, a lot of the kids, all they think about is the next drink, the next drug they're going to take, the next pill they're going to pop, the next line of coke they're going to snort, unfortunately, but that's how it is. Um, and they think about their next frat party or this and that, and mm-hmm. they don't understand that, that a lot of people out there would be grateful to be in the situation that they're oh, in and have the education that they have uh, and, and th- that they have available to them. And I'm not trying to bash Americans whatsoever, because I think even though I've been to many countries, America is still the greatest country in the world. But mm-hmm. I think some people need to learn, like you said, and, and take a trip um, mm-hmm. abroad. And I think, like you said, we're out here because we, we're trying to chase the, dr- the game that we love, and we're here for a reason. But I think like you said, you're developing as a footballer and a person and learning how to communicate with people in a real world um, experience. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with everything you said. And I think the most exciting uh, thing that I have taken away from just leaving my comfort zone in Minnesota and really just trying to understand and learn from the world is uh, just... I don't know, just Africa, ah, uh, just excitement to, um, I'm sorry, I got distracted. There's so many people. No in this worries. Lobby. I forgot what no I was going to say. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Right, worry but like you said before, um, what I, what I really f- took from one of your message before is that you, uh, I think you've really developed, um, and what I've developed is living in the present. Um, and not thinking of the past and the future. And like you said, you, um, you believe in yourself and whatever happens, you react to it in, in the right manner. Um, and that's what I've really learned as well over here. Like you can overthink everything, you know, uh, if you're going to, whether it's in football or whether it's in the real world, whether you have to go for, whether you want to go forward but you have to hold back or whether you want to get to the next point. If you overthink it, it's not going to do anything for you. But if you live in the present moment and you follow your inner, inner wisdom and inner intelligence, things will work out. Yeah. And I think the biggest part of that is having that hunger, that want to learn that inner drive. Absolutely. If, if you don't have that, then you won't learn and you'll still stay stuck where you are and you won't grow as a person. It all comes from your inner motivation and your inner drive. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, having that, that learning mentality every single day is what drives you to, to become better and gives you that inner fire, uh, that intrinsic motivation to, to get better and just grow yourself and, and develop yourself every day. I think, I think that's, that's the key to growth and, and just – becoming successful, whatever you want to do in the world. Yep. Nope. I agree with that 100%. So how long have you been in Kazakhstan? I have been here since August. So uh, we're going on. Sorry, you cut out there. Uh, like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Like I said, there's a couple people no in this lobby. No worries. It's a little busy. Um, but I think I'm going on seven months now. However, I've been in and out. So I'd say I've 
been in Kazakhstan for maybe like four and a half months. Nice, nice. And um, so, what's the situation over there? Like, are you you're living? Um, are you living with teammates? Are you living alone? Um, how, you know, things like that. The the situation that you're in. So, what's interesting with um, women's professional sports, obviously, is in the world it's still growing. Yep. And so accommodations still aren't as great as men's. Mm-hmm. However, we, um, ironically, in Kazakhstan, it is a better scenario than most countries that I've uh, explored to possibly play in. Mm-hmm. So we have, we all stay in a hotel, and so we all wow. stay together, which is really cool, actually. Yeah, but awesome. it's not, it's not like the most glamorous of hotels, however... Um, we all have our own room, our own bathroom. Meals are paid for, although variety is lacking for mm-hmm. athletes. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm still grateful that uh, I have access to food if I need it and yep. we have meals paid for. Wow. Um, so we have our training field right outside the hotel. So it practices wow. at 3.30. You walk to the field if you want to be on time. 327. Um, Obviously, you go a little earlier or a lot earlier. Um, But uh, yeah, so it's and then so we're right outside a bazaar. Sorry, my accent is so bad. I cannot say it. But um, so you can get like vegetables, fruit, uh, a variety of, you know, if you need socks, shirts, t-shirts, that's all right there. Not wow. like super great quality clothing, but the fruits and vegetables are nice. So unfortunately, it's not like what the men's programs have access to in yeah. the country, which can be a little frustrating sometimes, but we have everything we need and that's what's most important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, like you said, I think I think that's a great, you know, from what I hear, it's a great place to focus and a great place to develop. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. And like you said, you went to the Red Stars and they said, uh, you know, you train with them. They said you need a little bit of development. I think it's a fantastic place to, to grow it and develop because there's no distractions, I'm sure. And you can focus mm-hmm. on yourself and becoming better every day. Like you said, in, um, when you talked about your coach wanting to become, play defensive mid, what, what really stuck exactly. out to me is you said the only thing you can do, and this touches back to the present moment, the only thing that you can do is control the controllables, and he wants to play defensive mid. So the only thing you can do is be the best defensive mid in the league, be the best player mm-hmm. in your training every day, be the hardest worker in your training mm-hmm. every day. Uh, yeah. And I think too many exactly. people look to the future and they complain. Uh, and like you said, I mean, you, you have extreme gratitude, and a lot of people would go over there and say, and I've noticed it since I've been here for three and a half, four years, there's so much complaining going on. And there's not not enough gratitude, not enough gratitude in the world, and especially in the football world. Everyone thinks, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Europe and make uh, 10,000 euros a month, uh, 100,000 euros a month. That's that's just not how it's going to be. And um, it takes at least five, six, seven, eight years to be making decent money and being able Mm -hmm. sometimes to live off it. And for me, I, I wasn't a big name coming out of America at all, so... I had to put in the time and put in the work and I'm not even close to where I want to be or anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, finally the past year or two, I've been able to live off the money that I make. So 
that's been great. But like I said, like I said in the beginning, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be over here and be in such a fantastic environment. Um, yeah. My environment is absolutely similar to yours. I mean, I'm in a town of 500 people. Um, and wow. yeah, the, the, the training pitch is, is two minutes walk. The gym is two minutes walk. Um, we have breakfast and lunch provided to us and I have a place where I can cook because I like to cook. And, mm-hmm. um, what I told my friend, friends in the beginning, like when I was looking for a team, when I just had gotten out of contract, I said, all I need is a Wi-Fi connection, um, a field, uh, a gym and a good opportunity. Those are the four things that I needed. And I'm sure you can relate to that a hundred percent. Yeah. So for me, like I said, sometimes it is tough. You know, we have men's team come and go throughout our hotel. Men come. Yep. We have to sometimes move together, share rooms, and they're small rooms. And, mm-hmm. you know, they get nicer food. They get nicer accommodation. And it's tough to see. But for yeah. me, the perspective I choose to look at is the experience I am receiving. And Absolutely. to me, that is more than anyone can ever pay me. Like, yeah. I am getting to be immersed in a culture and a country, first off, that I never thought I would ever see in my life. To be honest, I, I hate to say it, but I didn't even really know about Kazakhstan before I came here. Yeah. Um, and to me, that is more valuable than any dollar amount or anything you can receive. And, and also, on top of that, you know, for preseason, this is our third time in the last two months coming to Turkey, another mm-hmm. country, another country that I uh, did not anticipate that I would be mm-hmm. visiting. And um, even though we're busy and we're training every day, twice a day, and it's, it's um, you know, it's, there's not a lot of time to really explore um, what's around us. It's, it's just, it, it's amazing. Like to be in Antalya, Turkey right now, uh, just, in a country, meeting people, meeting people from around the world, it's just, it's, I can't express how excited I am to be here, and just, just the whole experience is more than anything I ever anticipated. Yeah, and that's funny, because I, when I posted that picture, the location, I honestly just guessed on Tyler, I, I didn't, I didn't know any idea, but I know that's where a lot of teams go for, for preseason, yeah. I, I hear it's beautiful over there. Oh, it's um, gorgeous, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I think that's fantastic what you pointed out. I think what you really – is basically – I can hear in your voice that you just enjoy the process so much mm-hmm. that, you, that you don't even think about the dollar amount. And obviously, like me, I, we would both like, like to be making those millions and as, you know, as much as others. But I think, um, you know, like Drake says, when you start from the bottom, you, you really enjoy the process. And oh, uh, sure. I think that's the greatest part of it. I really do. And I, I think the process is so beautiful uh, when you're in the struggle. And not many people can enjoy that. And I think the only way that you can persist and advance in the game and keep going and advance up the ladder is enjoying the process and really seeing the beauty uh, within the process and not trying to rush to that destination or that ultimate goal that someone has to play um, in in a top team and the top league and make the most money they can. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. Like it took a lot of work to get here, to get to where I am today. And there were so many (laughs) tears that went into just to get to 
Kazakhstan and this experience. And I mean, the fact that I was able to achieve what was originally a dream of mine, I, every single day, I am grateful. Two days where I am dying, the mm-hmm. early morning wake up calls, the late nights, like I would not trade it for anything in the world. And That's fantastic. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's exhausting, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to hear. And so you're in preseason now. When does your actual season start? Okay. So when we get back to Shimkent, which is in three days, I think we'll have a day or two recovery, uh, just taking it easy. And then we have a cup. We play with other teams within Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be like a little tournament style. And then from there on out, we start getting into season and we'll play a game uh, a game every week, every other week, uh, just within Kazakhstan. And whoever uh, wins the league is the team that qualifies for Champions League. Wow, that's fantastic. And just touching on that, can you describe uh, the experience playing in the Champions League and uh, some of the teams you played? Oh, geez. Okay, so that was an experience, yeah, unlike any other. So because, um, you know, Kazakhstan is not a top team, like a, you know, Barcelona, a PSG, a Lyon, you know, there's teams that go to qualifiers and you play three other teams that you were randomly drafted to play. And when we first did that, we went to Hungary and we played a team from Portugal. We played a team from Hungary and a team from um, Kosovo, I think it was. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think so. And so we played them and uh, we were able to win our bracket. So then from there on out, we play in Champions League, uh, like the actual um, tournament. And we went to Scotland, I think, was wow. our first team. And so, yeah, we flew to Scotland. Uh, we played them. You know what? I lied. They came to us first. Mm-hmm. And we ended up winning the game 3-0. That was wow. a really cool experience to play on your home field. A team from Scotland. You have, you know, all your fans from Kazakhstan chanting stuff. I didn't understand, but the energy was unreal. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, just so, oh, and I ended up um, scoring in that game, which is wow. really, really, it was a, one of the greatest feelings ever. And then, so after that, so we were sitting in a pretty good spot, and then, so we fly to Scotland, and we play them at their, uh, on their field. And so they had that same environment, all their fans, and they had nothing to lose. So obviously, they came at us with everything they had. Mm-hmm. We, we scored first, and then... Um, I don't know, that just triggered something in them. You know, it was a, it was a really late game, I think 9 p.m., because they were trying wow. to uh, take advantage of our traveling and our fatigue, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then they just came back one by one by one by one. Wow. And ended up scoring 4-1. And wow. oh, they, Yeah, it was just crazy environment. But because we had that one goal, we moved on. Um, wow. Yeah, so it was just unreal, crazy. And then... For me, this is something I will never forget ever is unfortunately, but fortunately we drafted or uh, we got picked to play Lyon next. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, in the uh, round of 16, I think. Wow. 
Yeah. And so we played Lyon, and they came to us first on their private jet with their chef. Um, wow. Stayed oh in God. the VIP hotel, like suites. Oh <laughs> they had the suites. They were not tired. They were good to go. Yeah. Um, so they played us. Yeah, the score wasn't very close. I'll save those details for people <laughs> who, who want to look at the score. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, we lost. Um, but then we still had to play them at their field in case we could somehow offset the difference and double what they scored on us Um, because then we would move on so we'd play them Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) they still beat us by a lot but that environment was something like anything in this world they had their fans like huge stadium beautiful field playing the literally the best best players in the world, best players in Europe, and to be marking against them just to, you know, every time you get a tackle and you win the ball against one of them, mm-hmm. it's just like, shoot, like, I can do this. It's just such yep. a such a great feeling, and, I mean, just no complaints. Like, yeah, I was, and you know, upset in the game, after the game, you know. When you lose by that much, it's never fun, but you have to look at the big picture, and it's exactly. just something I will be telling or talking about for many years. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I mean, that's the nature of the competitor, that within the game you're not the happiest and after the game. But if you look at it from a big picture, a macro level, um, just so grateful to have that experience. And like you said in the beginning, if you never took that that offer to come to Kazakhstan, you never would have um, ha- had the chance to play against top mm-hmm. teams from Scotland and, and, and France and all over the world. Yeah. Well, um, and the best part was yeah. my parents, uh, my mom used to be a flight attendant, so she has tickets, so they're able to fly out to these countries for free. And my dad, mm. he's, he's never left the country, so he's been in the wow. United States his whole life, and for them to get to come and see these games, that environment, to be able to give that to them, that experience, is something yep. that I'm also extremely excited about yeah that's fantastic that's fantastic um so yeah thanks for sharing um that those stories um if we could just go delve a bit deep into uh the performance aspect of it and um you know talk about lifestyle nutrition and some extra training and recovery um you know i've really been getting into into sleep lately Mm -hmm and how important it is. And I wanted to just ask you uh, some questions on that, you know, what time you go to sleep and um, if you have any ritual and do you think it affects your performance? Okay. Unfortunately, I am a terrible sleeper. Uh, My brain has this problem where it always needs to think and I I can't, (laughs) I can't shut it up. I just, unless I'm like learning something new or I, I just, I always need to occupy it with trying to, learn and or just thinking Mm -hmm, and it you know I try to go to sleep you know as close to 10 as possible but the second the sun is up I'm up no matter how tired I am and yeah uh, no I I hear you on that mm -hmm. so and I I gotta say uh sorry to interrupt you but I've had I think I've had six guests already on the podcast Mm -hmm. and every single one of them including me you know has a bit of trouble sleeping because we're always we're always thinking and the people that I brought on the podcast the reason is because 
everyone embodies the same vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to be a better, better version of themselves every single day, every single mm-hmm. day. And when, when you have that vision and that ultimate goal, I think th- the nature of it is you're constantly thinking, you constantly want to be doing, mm-hmm. and you constantly want to be achieving things exactly. and feeling, feeling that success and, and things like that. And um, I was like that for a while, and I recently started, my sleep has been a bit better mm-hmm. since I've just let, decided to let go of it. And I think the thing was, the more I read into it and the more I um, know how, how good it is and how good I feel when I sleep well, I just tell myself, you know, let's shut off for the day and uh, let me just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously easier said than done. But, um, you know, I've noticed a huge difference and not perfect at all. But what I had told people a lot is I do everything right except sleep, <laughs> sleep well. And yeah. uh, that's what I've been trying to work on. Yeah. Um, no, and I think that's my yeah. biggest problem right now is unless I'm occupying my brain with some form of knowledge to be better, I just, I feel like yeah. it, it's a waste of time. I feel like sleep, like it, it's just, <laughs> it, it consumes me and it's, it's awful and I recognize it's yeah. a problem and yeah. I, I know I need to yep. address it, but yeah. it's just figuring out how to find that balance, how to tell my brain, like, it's okay to be silent. Yep. It's okay. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, what you say is, uh, is fantastic. And, and the growth mindset is, uh, is awesome. And like you said, w- when you're constantly thinking and wanting to do more things, it's, it's hard to let your mind and body rest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so do you think it affects the perform- Like, What are your thoughts on sleep and, and performance? Do you think it affects it? No. What are your thoughts ultimately? Well, so I'm someone who needs at least five hours of sleep to function. If I have anything less yep. than that, it's like walking around in a cloud. So yeah, I, yeah, so I always have to get at least five hours. That's why I always, you know, I'm in bed by 10, whether I usually I can't fall asleep until like 1130, which stinks. But, you know, at least mm-hmm. I'm in bed and I'm relaxing my body. Um, but yeah, if I don't get at least five hours of sleep, then my performance is significantly hindered. Yeah. Uh, I can make do with the six, seven hours I get lately, but, um, ideally I try to strive for eight and that's when I feel like I play my absolute best. I'm my most focused. I'm my sharpest for the day. Um, I feel like my brain is fresh. I feel like everything is fresh and I'm calm and relaxed and I'm ready to go. Um, but mm-hmm. anything below five, I'm, it's just, I'm done. Yeah. 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 I, I hear you. I understand you. And uh, I'm sure whatever happens, you deal with it. And mm-hmm. either way you, you play well. So I try, yeah. but yeah, the sleep is definitely one of the biggest factors. Yeah, of course. It sure is. And, uh, just touching on that, do you do any uh, meditation or deep breathing type stuff? You know, I did try to get into that recently, um, mm-hmm. which I know I should do. This is something that I do want to do more of um, because clearly I need it. But it, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's going to be a lot of practice, practice, practice over yeah. and over and over because 
right now I can go 10 seconds and my brain starts thinking what, like, you know, what, what could you be doing? Like, what could you be reading? What could you be studying? Like you have pictures, you have stuff you can work on and it's, it's just, so I need to just practice. I need to just keep practicing. And I know that over time it will help me a lot in the long run. And it's just, you know, I need to just get started on that, get a rhythm and then, um, get into it. And, and I think the ultimate advice I could say for that is uh, don't force it. I think when the time is right, it'll come to you. And um, like you said, I'm sure when you're, when you're playing football and when you're working on things you love, like what you're doing on the, on the side with the blog and things like that, I'm sure that's a form of meditation for you where you could, you could let your mind and body be at rest, mm-hmm. but while still being conscious. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just, uh, it's what makes me happy. It's, um, Absolutely. I go to places that I find relaxing to work on that stuff, whether it's a coffee shop while we're in Italia, it's the beach or by the pool or in a cabana. So I go there to do this stuff and those are my happy places. That's what relaxes me. So yeah, it is a form of, uh, meditation, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that because I'm dreaming of the cabanas and, and the beaches while I'm out here yeah. looking at the snow outside. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no worries, no worries. But um, if we could just touch a bit on on, um, on diet, um, just if you follow a specific diet, uh, what, what do you usually eat for breakfast and uh, your thoughts on nutrition and how it affects mm-hmm. performance? Yeah, I mean, I know we've talked a bit about this. You know, it started out mm-hmm. as a transition from vegetarian to now I try to abide by a vegan diet as often as wow. possible. If I have the option to at, at a meal to be completely vegan, then I will do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's been, you know, at first it was kind of a strange transition, but I really do notice the difference in my performance my body, everything, like my mind. I used to be all about naps, two-hour naps every day. I loved it. Now I I just, I don't need it. I, yeah, and I tell you, I get six hours of sleep every night, and I, Mm -hmm. I can function. Like, I'm, um, I feel good. I feel uh, energized. I've noticed several differences. Um, I'm a huge breakfast person. I always need breakfast. I, it's my favorite meal. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I eat the same thing almost every day, but I never get sick of it. I love the oatmeal, fruits, uh, nuts, uh, nut butters, uh, nice. uh, any sort of just vegetable or fruit, anything. It's just, it's, yeah, it really helped me as an athlete. So I, uh, and obviously there's moral ethical reasons I chose to go down this path as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, done nothing but good things so i'm gonna continue as long as possible yeah that's fantastic and i I think i'm gonna actually commit myself and and try that and uh what i do notice is i've spoken to a lot of people about it and one of the main things like you said is the energy level and the energy that you get um and one of my friends also said the same exact thing he was very big on naps uh was very big on getting one, two-hour naps, and now he doesn't even need it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he doesn't need it, and that's really interesting to me. Um, and it really makes me want to try it, uh, try it out for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you, just, just to pick your brain a little bit for myself, uh, being a little selfish, what do you have for lunch and dinner? 
Okay, so this is what can be tough. If you have access to a wide range of nutrition, then it is the easiest mm-hmm. thing to do. In Kazakhstan, it's a little tougher, but because we're in Turkey, yep. I'll share with you what I uh, eat nice. because I have a lot of choices. So anything um, whole grain, uh, pasta, like whole wheat, um, I really don't go for anything refined or processed. So sometimes if we have training, Fantastic. I'll have, um, it's called pounded wheat here. It's like a rice, but mm-hmm. wheat. Um, then I always have like my uh, salad, which is greens. I just eat the greens like a dinosaur because I know it's good for you. <laughs> and then yeah. um, just try to get like any, it, it, they have every sort of vegetable. So I put a little bit on every plate. Um, beans. I always have to have some sort of beans. Um, yep. And then they have fruit, uh, so many different fruits here. So I just make like a little fruit salad bowl, cinnamon. I'm all about the spices too. So turmeric, uh, yeah. fantastic. curry, fantastic. Um, yeah. uh, cumin. I just kind of put them all on there. Um, yeah, so it, it just really depends. For me, my go-tos are the beans, um, the whole mm-hmm. wheats, uh, and vegetables, fruits. Um, I guess mm-hmm. you could say my main... Uh, uh, meal is like a chipotle style bowl but you know yeah. obviously healthy things so yeah yeah it sounds fantastic and um what i want to ask you because i think the most important thing about eating well and even even going into the gym i think is about how you feel afterwards um and for me i i eat very clean very healthy but i do eat a lot of chicken i do eat a lot of fish i do eat a lot of tuna and things like that but sometimes I find that I'm bloated after the meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really interesting to me because I'm eating eating right. And obviously, I, I do eat a lot of raw vegetables. And, and um, then I, that could be um, attributed to it. And, you know, I was trying to stay away from gluten. I thought maybe I was gluten-free. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes me want to try this because my friend said that, you know, he doesn't feel bloated and full as full as he did when he was eating, um, when he was eating meat and eating a lot of dairy and things like that. Uh, do you feel the same way or what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think my body is still adjusting to this transition. I used to live off a diet of French fries and pizza. (laughs) So that was my body's fuel source forever. Like cereal, um, uh, toaster strudel. Uh, my, my diet was so poor and that was my body's fuel source for years now. And so I'm still making that transition. And so I do get bloated, but it's a different type of bloated. It's like a, it's like a bloated where you don't feel like, like, like disgusting after it's more of, I get you. Yeah. It's just, your stomach is, um, full, but it's like a, it's like a good fuel source and it's not like a greasy full. It's just, uh, from the fiber and the water and it, uh, like, like the nutrients it, it's so it's it's uncomfortable sometimes because I love mm-hmm. food I don't know when to stop that's my problem yeah same same <laughs> and so yeah I do get that uncomfortable bloating feeling but it never has it like um transitioned to weight gain or um hindered my performance or in, in any way like mm-hmm. I'm not sluggish I'm not tired after it's just slightly uncomfortable yeah. but it's, it's okay because it's um yeah 
Very interesting. And uh, I'll share a quote by um, going deep here. Uh, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, uh, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's what I, t- you know, that's the message I try to spread without the die, because uh, I'm not Shakespeare, but that's the message I try to spread to people that I'm the type of guy that I, uh, it's all about functional medicine and, and preventing disease mm-hmm. instead of, instead of um, treating disease. And uh, I know this gets deep, but I think that comes down to it. And when you talk about being vegan and getting all that great stuff, that's what pops into my mind right away. Food is the greatest medicine. We don't need prescription drugs. I mean, some people do need it, but for the most part, I think most people do not need prescription drugs. And I think it all comes down to what they put in their body, how they move their body, and how they rest their body. Um, and I, I think from hearing that and by you talking about how it's not, it's a different type of quote full, um, I, that's what I hear that, you know, your body is enjoying the nutrients that it's getting. Exactly. And I think for anyone who's considering making this transition, um, you know, obviously it's, it's weird to process, but and I think for me, what made it so much easier is just I read and I educated myself. I read books, yes. I did studies, or I didn't do studies, I yep. read studies, I watched documentaries, I just educated myself to the point where yes. now if I have the choice between like a cake or fruit, why would I not choose fruit? Like I, I enjoy it better, my yeah. body enjoys it better. It just, it makes mm-hmm. it, 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 like I don't, like with each passing day, that temptation subsides greatly and it's all about education and just learning and yeah absolutely and yeah that if yeah so if anyone is struggling or they it's hard for them just keep reading and keep learning and it just it really I find so much joy and feeling like I'm fueling my body rather than mm-hmm. just eating calories yes oh that's absolutely fantastic and uh I think what you said, it's just knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And the more knowledge you have, the better decisions you, you will make, whatever it is. And uh, what we're touching on is food right now. And like you said, why would you eat a piece of cake when it's empty, crappy calories, mm-hmm. when you can eat a great meal like you just described? And um, if you really want to perform and be at your top level, I think the most important thing is to get the most nutrients you can from the calories that you consume. Um, and I'm not here saying that you can't eat a piece of cake because it's not like I don't do it once in a while and oh, let course. myself do it once in a while to keep yourself sane. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it, it's not something that you have to, that you have to completely restrict, but it's not something that you should be eating 90% of the time. Oh, exactly. And that's how it is for me. Like I say it's hard to do a hundred percent of the time because that makes social events really of really difficult and like I love pizza I lived off pizza yeah, of I, I eat a whole pizza in five minutes who doesn't yeah. Yeah. if you don't like pizza hop off the podcast guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it would be really really I would be mentally very sad if I had to give up everything I love but just knowing that I have that you know it's okay if you have you know, this cheap meal every once in a while, like once a month, I don't, I don't know, once every couple of weeks, then it's, it's okay. It, it doesn't set you back at all. It's just, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's key. And I, I think 
I think the most important part of that is, is the, the mind of it, the, 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 the effect that it has on the mind. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, um, if you go to a social event or if you go out with friends and you go uh, places that, you know, you go to, I'm sure if you've been to any of those cafes in France or wherever oh, yeah. you were, those, uh, those cakes and, and those breads just, uh, they smile at you and they want to be eaten. So you just have, you have that, that on your mind that, you know, I've been doing well and uh, it's not going to set you back and it's yeah. not going to set me back if I enjoy this. And, and that's part of life, uh, balance. Yeah, and I think that's been the best part about this diet change is I don't count calories at all anymore. And yeah, I feel fantastic. the fittest I have ever been. Like if I have that's that fantastic. if I have that cheat meal, then it's okay because my body can recover much better because I eat so mm-hmm. much better like ninety five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um whereas, you know, before if I had that extra piece of cake, I would be like, Oh shoot, okay, now I gotta go walk two miles exactly. like just to burn exactly. it off and now i'm like you know yeah. it's okay it's okay yeah no that's fantastic and um that, that's what i tell people all the time and my clients and whoever i work with that i don't count i don't count calories and i don't want them to count calories i want to count nutrients mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about like you said we're human uh, all these people counting macros and things like that i mean if, if they're a bodybuilder and that's their end goal to to do that, that's fine. But for athletes and people who are training uh, at a high volume um, or not even at a high volume, and if they constantly are eating good, nutritious foods, they don't need to count their calories. I think their body will tell them. Uh, because back in the day when you know, people were hunter and gatherers, I don't think they had a, a calculator, a macro calculator, to tell them how many calories each, each food they mm-hmm. ate contained. Yeah, and I, you know... I came to discover that when I was in that phase where I was counting calories, I had those apps. Like, it's just, it's not fun. It's not fun waiting for that meal, feeling hungry, feeling, feeling guilty, feeling angry, feeling like it's just, it's not fun. And I I just want to enjoy life. I want to, absolutely. um, And just eating this vegan plant-based diet has just, made me a happier better version of myself mental sanity mm-hmm. meant like i told you just i stopped worrying about food and nutrition and i have nothing but yep. good things to say about it yeah and uh like you said and i completely agree i love food and food is, is one of the most important parts of life exactly. so you know when um you know I live to eat. I don't eat to live. And when I was counting calories, when I was counting calories, I think I did it maybe for two meals. And then I was like, you know, screw this. Yeah. Uh, I was like, man, I feel like a robot right now. And like, you're thinking, you're thinking of the next meal and you're constantly thinking of food, yeah. but in a negative, in a negative manner. Oh, it's awful. And yeah. like for me, the best part about this, whole lifestyle change diet change is like if i'm hungry now then i eat but i just make sure it's absolutely good. like yeah if i eat something it's it's my go-to is fruit uh, i don't know a couple yep. of nuts like i i don't know but there's just you know if i'm hungry if i i, I eat it, it's just there's no waiting there's no time there's no fantastic it's just it's mental sanity that's yeah yeah and, you know, I get people hitting me up all the time. Hey, could you make me a meal plan, this and that? And I said, hey, 
I don't make meal plans. I said the greatest meal plan, the greatest thing that you have to judge your meals is your body. Listen to your body. If your body tells you you're hungry, go ahead and eat. And what I do is I give them tips on how to eat right and how to eat the right things mm -hmm. and the right things to put in your body. And I said, you don't have to worry about the time you eat, how much your, your excuse my language, your fucking food weighs, mm -hmm. because that doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter how much your food weighs, how many calories are in it, if you're eating right, and if you're listening to your body, and if you're sitting at a table and you're practicing mindful eating, you're going to know when you're full and when it's time to stop eating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I go over that, and it doesn't matter. I don't care, but... Um, sometimes the best thing is to just listen to your body. Like exactly. you said, when you're hungry, you eat. When you're not hungry, you don't eat. When you're full, you stop eating. Yeah. It's simple. And it's just, like I said, for me, this whole thing is just, it's like it was a distraction. Just always thinking about food. It, it just was distracting me from yeah. more important aspects in life. And if now yeah. that I have this balance, this clarity, it has allowed me to focus on more important things like with my photography with my writing with soccer with just enjoying life and mm -hmm. it's yeah food i don't think is anything that people should ever stress about unfortunately of course of course and, and i think you know i think like you said since you educated yourself and you have that knowledge within that when you when you're hungry and you have a meal you're confident yourself that you're going to put the right things in the body yeah, and, and like I said, I told you, it feels like um, now you're filling a gas tank with energy yeah. instead of, you know, yeah. I used to eat, I don't know, maybe a breadstick, a bagel with mm -hmm. cream cheese. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It just yeah. it felt like you just had to be so careful, and, and you did because it just it wasn't yeah. any, there's nothing to it, and now you feel like you're just giving your body, like, life, I guess. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and uh, honestly, that's fantastic. And after this conversation, I'm definitely heading over to the supermarket. I'm committing to this. I'm going to do it and see how I feel for, for a couple of weeks. Because, uh, you know, your words have, have inspired me. Oh, so. well, I'm glad. And Definitely, um, definitely going to do I'm that. I'm really excited to hear how it goes for you because I know this is uh, something you're, you're really good at is, you know, communicating how your body responds to all, you know, your workouts and your meal and your fitness and mm -hmm. everything. And so I can't wait to hear about it, see your recipes. Um, of course. See some dishes you come up with because I will be trying those yeah. definitely. So. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so do you have some more time or am I, am I keeping you? Because I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, team training and things like that or, or do you have to go? So I have about 10 minutes because we have a meeting okay. at 12. So I'm going to head down at 55. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll take your 10 minutes if you don't yeah, mind. No problem. <laughs> All right. So uh, if we could touch, you know, on um, your football training, you know, throughout the week when you're not in preseason, how often do you train uh, with your team per week? So when I'm not in preseason? Yeah, when you're, you know, in the regular season. Uh, we train every day, uh, about, I think, one day off. And if we don't have a day off, then we have something super light, like soccer tennis, just something to keep us active, um, it, like our day. Uh, it, it, that's, that's usually, like, in the busier time, but usually it's, like, I don't know, practice six days a week, but, you know, two of those will be pretty light. The rest, you know, medium, 
uh, too intense, and then we'll have the game. It, so it, it's it, when it's in season, you never feel fatigued or exhausted. It's like a good balance. Um, right now, there's a little bit of fatigue because it's preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, for for the most part, uh, even though we don't have those full days off, it's also because we live two minutes like a two minute walk from the field so it's it's good that we're doing something we're being active we're just getting touches you can never have too of many course. touches so that's of course typically of what course. it is nice nice and um your training how, how long are they in general um how long are your trainings um the lighter sessions are about an hour um and then the team sessions medium intensity hour and a half high intensity two hours um but i would say that we'll have about two light sessions uh two or maybe like three medium sessions and then like i don't know two intense in a week so nice it's a good balance yeah nice of course of course and like you said i think the balance is huge for it and like i had spoken to you before you know i was um trying to help you with some extra training as well but i always had said that like the most important thing is to be fresh for your team training and perform at 110% in your team training and be the best player uh, in your team training every single day, every single week. And like you said, I think, you know, that's the way to get better. Um, and the, the one thing that a lot of people do nowadays with this work hard, work hard, work hard mentality, which is fine, and I love hard work, but I think you have to work hard and work smart. And mm-hmm. like what we, what we said with the nutrition, it's also with the physical aspect. If your body is sore, if your body is tired, why are you pushing that extra individual session? You know, and that's optional. That's yeah. optional. And I think the team training is mandatory, and you have to be at your best at all times because you want to play on the weekend, and that's what's going to take you to the next level. And I think nowadays too many people care more about individual training than their team training, and that doesn't do anything for them. Yeah. And that's what I actually found incredibly inspiring from listening to your other podcasts is because that is both one of my biggest strengths and my biggest weaknesses at the same time. I always want to be the first one on the field. I want to be the last one off. I want to be doing more sprints. I want to be doing more touches. I want to be doing more everything. And maybe it's that inner competitive drive, but it's also sometimes like to the point where I'm just, I'm exhausted. And, um, I, I just my team training the games they just I wasn't as sharp as I could be I was passing passes that I don't do it's like mm-hmm. I just was sluggish I was reacting I wasn't anticipating and it all came down yeah. to because I was trying to do all this extra stuff that I didn't need to do exactly and what I want to point out there is you know the reason that you're making a false pass and uh because I, I mean I've experienced this and the reason you make a false pass you take a bad touch or you know, you let the guy, the the person get away from you is because your mind is, is, is absolutely roasted. Um, your mind and your body is roasted. And I think the first thing that goes is obviously the, the body and then the mind follows. And um, you, you feel that fatigue. And I think that's part of it, like I said. And, you know, it's good to hear about the periodization within your, your, um, your club right now because, you know, some teams or some guys go 100, 110% every single day, and that doesn't do anything mm-hmm. for, for them. Um, and, you know, that's fantastic to hear. Yeah, no, and that's what I found great to hear about, um, you know, like what you were speaking about with some of the other guys in your podcast, because 
like I said, that's something that I struggle with. And for me, it's hard to watch someone else putting in extra work and not knowing yep. that I'm putting in that extra work. Like, I hate watching other people run. I hate watching other people yeah. get touches because, like, then I feel like I'm not getting better myself. But sometimes you need to just accept yeah. that by sitting and stretching, that that is bettering yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fantastic point. Fantastic point. Um, and like you said there, like you don't have to be going at 120% to be getting better. Mm -hmm. You could be doing things where you're watching video, you're watching mm -hmm. players in your position. Uh, like you said, you're working on stretching, you're working on mobility where you're not getting your heart rate up, uh, essentially not burning out your nervous system, um, by doing those extra sprints. And like I said, the only person who will know if you need to be doing that extra work, is yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't, no coach, no trainer, no nothing, no one will tell you, will know better than yourself. And I think that that's super powerful when you have that self-realization that the only person that will know if you need to be putting in that extra is yourself. And you have that fire in your stomach and your gut and your intuition tells you, yeah, you know, I should be doing a couple extra sprints today. I should be working on my left foot. I should be working on my first touch. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's something that's been kind of tough for me to come to grasp with until recently where I was like, when I really decided to listen to my body and I was like, Kaylin, like, why are you doing these uh, suicides when <laughs> you just had a game? Like, you, you don't need to. <laughs> It just it, exactly. it just didn't make sense, and um, I, I just I was passing. Yeah, it took until I was passing literally to the other team backwards, where I was like, mm -hmm. "Kalen, what are you doing?" Yeah. Then yeah. I was like, "Okay, you need to stop. You need to just relax. You need to just listen to mm -hmm. your body, listen to your mind, and focus on what your body is telling you you need to focus on." So. Exactly. And I think the most important part is that you realize that and you have that self awareness now. Um, but even just touching on that, two more questions and then we'll let you go. Um, I'm sure you do do extra training outside of team training. Uh, and if so, you know, what do you do and, and how often do you do it? Um, so like I said, it all came down to feeling my, or seeing how I felt in terms of fatigue, but I usually mm -hmm. like to go beforehand. I'll just do technical stuff like passing against the wall turns, um, mm -hmm. Uh, more technical stuff and then I mm -hmm. like to utilize after training for the fitness aspect uh, just to mm -hmm. get in that little extra bit depending on how um, how intense the session was uh, yeah. so in, in terms of doing stuff on my own that's when I'll usually go to the gym I'll focus on um, you know maybe the workouts from your uh, Instagram uh, mm -hmm. or you know things that I want to improve. I always like to do legs and core, which I recently told you I need to work on my arms. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so uh, I usually do the like extra soccer touches and stuff with a ball before training because it's easiest. That's when the equipment is out. And then yep. everything else uh, is either gym or fitness. And I, oh, and I do that, um, I'd say like three times a week, four times maybe. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Um, and last question, um, last but not least, um, I would like to hear, you know, 
I'm going to combine these two questions. You know, in your honest opinion, what do you think is the most important part of the game to focus on if you want to get to the next level? And then the second part will be, do you have any specific or general tips for other young players looking to reach the next level and reach their full potential? Okay. So I think uh, what is the most important aspect that I have come to learn at this level is speed of play, being able to think fast, being able to make decisions fast. Like, mm-hmm. it's if you're a good dribbler, that's great. But ideally, like, you got to just keep that ball moving. Transition, you have to always have your mind sharp. You have to always be thinking. Yeah. Um, for players aspiring to get to the next level, I would – I know we touched on this already, but it's all about um, – applying information quickly and that's something that I kind of didn't realize I was struggling with until I was trying to get to the next level Mm -hmm. Um, because coaches would tell me things and it always took too long for me to finally understand what they were saying so you really have to understand and analyze and process and apply it almost immediately after they tell you something Um, because coaches at that level don't have the patience to wait for players Mm -hmm. to understand Exactly. Exactly. And they don't, they don't have the time and, um, you know, it's all about trust at that next level. They want to be able to trust and rely on you to put them in, put you in the starting 11. You know, you, you are their, you know, you are their player. You are their employee. You're the one who's going to be producing, you know, it's just like in a, in a business. You're the one uh, putting in the work to produce the results and the three points that they need on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, for me, that was the biggest thing that I had to uh, accept and learn and grow from. And that has helped tremendously. It's just applying information. They tell you something. They tell you what you're doing good, what you're not doing good, what you need to work on. Okay, fine, do it. And just try to be better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I know it's getting towards the time. We're going to let you go, but I, I would just like to say fantastic, fantastic conversation, and, and your mindset is absolutely unbelievable. I know that you're going to reach the, those top levels that you want to get to, and eventually you're going to go back to the Red Stars, whether you're playing for them and starting, <laughs> starting for them every game or you're playing against them, and the coach looks back and thinks to himself, hey, maybe we should have picked her up. Um, well, I hope so. That would be great. Yeah, so honestly, what I'd like to say is keep going. Keep going, and good things are going to happen. Keep having that mindset. Um, I'm always here for advice um, to help you out in any way possible because I just love the hard work, the desire that you have to get better, get to the next level, and perform at your best every day. So I'd, be, I'd love to help you in any way with that, and uh, I'd like to say you helped me a ton with the vegan thing, and I'm throwing out all the meat and all the crap in my oh, fridge and headed to the great. supermarket after this. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Like I said, I really um, am impressed by the message you're trying to send, and I think good, and I'm excited to keep following you on your journey, and thank you for everything. Fantastic. One more thing. If our listeners want to contact you in any way, um, you know, what's the best way to do that? If you can just tell us your Instagram, your email, or whatever you, you think is the best way. Yeah. Um, you know, Instagram works, so it's just the at sign, Kaylin, uh, underscore, Cordy, um, uh, I'm sure that's linked on your account. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I guess, you know, I have that blog along mm-hmm. the way. Dot yeah. today. 
yeah. which you can contact me through there. I just write stories about people I meet and take pictures and uh, for anything sure. about Kazakhstan, soccer. It's just a mix of my, like, just life. So, for sure. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes and uh, link that so people can get in contact with you and see the great things you're doing with the blog as well. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. All right, Kayla. Have a fantastic one. Enjoy the rest of your time in Turkey. I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Have a good one. Bye.